Alright, gentlemen, are we ready to begin? Ready. Ready. Alright. I am your host, the squarely divided Neil Cordray. I'm joined this week by Wookie, Mike, and the one true Ben is late, running late. He may or may not show up at some point in this episode. Um, <laughs> we only have so much time to record, so it is what it is. Um, so um, today, I don't know. My brain just stopped. Give me a second. <laughs> Rebooting. <laughs> Pros and cons. Yes. Um, today uh, we thought we would discuss uh, PC and console gaming. Um, not necessarily like trying to prove that one is better than the other, but just demonstrate the pros and the cons of the of the two. Have fun discussions and arguments and other such fun interestingness. And I think it's fair to say all of us have have gamed on on both. Um, in one more than the other at any you know at any given point mm-hmm. you know there have been times where I've been playing exclusively console exclusively PC and then a mix of the two which is my default setting is a mix of the two although yeah. more PC than console just in general I think I remember Ben saying that he has been exclusively PC oh uh, he's he's definitely had he, he definitely played owned a twenty six hundred one one of the, uh, one of the time. <laughs> that's that's the little <laughs> side thing is getting to um, tease him for his old console hey, I played on one of those too hey. Atari Twenty Six Hundred is a fine, is a fine, is a fantastic console. It was a fifty. It was the uh, fifty two hundred that sucked. Did you say fantastic? Yes, fantastic. <laughs> I was gonna say it perfectly fine, fine and, and fantastic. Or fantastic. You, you coined a catchphrase, Neil. It's fantastic. Uh, fantastically great. Well, that's know. a good way to approach this. Is going back to the roots, to the the old stuff, the oldest yeah. like, consoles and PC. Because uh, yeah. we can just do a quick little roundtable here. But um, before we get yeah. to that, oh, yes. this week I'm getting we do have like new. We do have, we have regular things, segments that we have things to sure <laughs> Gotta hit them ourselves. <laughs> uh, so this week in geek, um, Black Panther came out. It I wasn't saw it. I thought it was really good. That's all you get until we get to the ep- until we get to review episode. Yeah, which will have to be in like two or three weeks because Ben and I are going to be at Vision Con the day that this episode goes live. We are at Vision Con. Uh, come say hi to us. Which I think is the weekend Ben's going to try to see it. Okay, that'll be interesting. <laughs> good luck, Ben. <laughs> well, I mean, I could go see it again. I'd be happy to do so. That's a fun. I, that seems like a good way to spend a week a weekend. When me and Tiffany got done watching it while the credits are rolling, she's like, "I want to see it again." I would definitely <laughs> want to see it again too. Uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves in episodes too. Yes. Um. So it was pretty good. Um. What else happened? I finished Altered Carbon, which is something else we shouldn't eventually. Yeah. Discuss. Like, yep. Um. I found out about a thing uh, this week, which was what precipitated me getting, uh, me doing a thing and then getting, and then precipitating this, this uh, topic. Uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 got an official release year of this year. Um, apparently this happened a while back, but I only found out about it last <laughs> week. So it's new to you. It's yes. something we've been waiting for, how long for them yeah. to finally announce? Um, yeah. Because they announced they were doing it yeah. as soon as 2 was done. 
But at this point, they have announced that Kingdom Hearts 3 will be coming out this year sometime. Probably holiday this year. Yeah, well, my guess is probably around... It's probably going to be in Broketober. Yeah. <laughs> um, because that's when big-name releases that you expect to gobble up portions of market share come out. And they just revealed, um, I think this last week, that... Uh, the Monsters Incorporated world is mm-hmm. going to be in it. That was at D23. That was the thing that, that yeah. made me find out about it. Uh, which was in Japan. And that was also when they revealed the 2018 release date. So it's like, okay. Um, oh, uh, while I'm thinking about it, um, Anyone who's listening to this podcast and comes and sees me and Ben on the on the floor, uh, I am selling certificates indicating that the bearer of the certificate has officially won the game. You all just lost the game. Um, unless you've already bought one of those certificates. Unless you've already bought one of those certificates. If you mention uh, the word fumants to me, I will give you a $1 discount. Fumants? Fumants. <laughs> I feel uh, the definition is in order. Uh, according to uh, Madeline Engel, it's uh, the word for dragon droppings. Okay. <laughs> All right. From uh, A Wind in the Door, the second book in the Wrinkle in Time trilogy. The more thing. you know. That's coming out soon. Yeah, that's coming out soon, too. It looks really interesting. I don't think we're going to do an episode on it, but I'm definitely going to see it. Um, I don't know if we want to do an episode on it or not, but it looks that's, beautiful. It's so funny you bring up dragon droppings, because I just watched an episode of Magicians where they mentioned that dragons don't shit. <laughs> um, what else happened? Uh, there's a couple of uh, new trailers. Um, nothing too huge. Well, one is huge, but it's still far off. Incredibles 2, there's a uh, oh, yeah. sneak peek trailer that was aired during the Olympics, apparently, and I don't really watch the Olympics for the most part. So. Quite, quite high for yeah. it's a good. It's a good trailer. It's odd. I feel like last week I talked about how I don't watch trailers for movies I'm interested in. <laughs> I've watched the, the Incredibles 2 trailer like five times. Um, uh, well, that's just because it's a really good trailer. There's a new Ready Player One trailer, which apparently has some more Easter eggs. <laughs> I, I am sorry, but like, Ready Player One, the book, and uh, resultantly the movie, are very decidedly okay. <laughs> They're pretty good, even. But like, everyone raves over Ready Player One. It's like, it's a good book. I need to read it. I've read it. It's not a bad book, but it's not like... It's not ground... It's not like the defining book of a generation like people seem to think it is. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how I feel about Catcher in the Rye. My yeah. God. Talk about overrated. People are like, oh, it's such an artistic statement. I'm just like, no, he's a whiny little bitch who needs to yeah. get his shit together and... Holden Caulfield is not a role model for anyone. <laughs> and that was, kind of a, that was kind of a drab, boring, slow book, too. But I've never I, read Catcher in the Rye, so I couldn't say. You're not missing anything. But um, <laughs> the only one of the few books I've ever read that I feel like really kind of lives up to its hype is Animal Farm. That's a really good book. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, Ready Player One, okay, thing. So I didn't record with you guys last time, so I don't know if this got brought up, but the trailer for Venom... It brought, got brought up. 
Yeah. We, he's, Mike was like, Mike, Wookie's not here I kinda to talk took, about I took it, lead so. on that because I've been a huge Venom fan as a kid. And, and in Black Panther, you was disappointed that there was a trailer? For, Venom as well. uh, for the most part. I mean, I basically the quick uh, bullet point version of this is like, it has a lot of promise, but at the same time, really, all we get is a fucking symbiote in a jar squirming around for half right. a second in the yeah. trailer. That's all you get. The only hint that it's even about Venom is at the end, they show the eyes and the teeth and just then before the, the blood title. V. It's very, yeah, it's just, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Obviously, this is actually just some sort of darker and edgier reboot of V for Vendetta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you... When you see it on the big screen, he's going nuts in the MRI. You can see his veins going black. Yeah. I mean, I don't right. see why they have to be all coy about it. It's like, uh, you ooh, know, V. It's Venom. It's like, Show guys, the suit. we know it's Venom. Let's not be all... I mean, I understand yeah. not wanting we... to review... Kind of like how... And, of course, I, I hate to use this example because it turned out to be a crap movie, but right. 1998 Godzilla, the the initial things, they just show an eye or a foot. They yeah. never actually showed... God, and that was actually a, a wise decision. Like you don't want to reveal, you know that it's it's like a it's it's a, it's akin to a strip tease where the person just comes out naked already. It's like it doesn't work. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but the same thing, Venom isn't a well. I guess it probably is technically going to be billed as a monster movie, but it's not. It's not the same kind of monster movie as Godzilla. Yeah, but it's still it's still I would imagine a significantly different visual representation of it. So the reveal actually is revealed because there is no assumption about what it's going to look like or how it's going to act. I suppose. Anyway, that's you know enough venom digression. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen the trailer now because um, it was it, Black Panther. Black Panther. Oh, and I and yeah. also uh, I hope t- uh, Tom Hardy's quote-unquote American accent doesn't bother you because you're going to get a lot of that. And he sounds fine. He does. He sounds <laughs> a whole lot better fine. than Bane. <laughs> yeah, it's not Bane voice. So. Which Bane wasn't even his fault. I mean, the accent was his fault, but as far as how hard he was to understand was because they messed with it afterward. But Oh, know, this like, is some weird Weekend Geek news. Uh, Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn, launches this spring. It does, finally? <laughs> Excellent. You can all stop holding your breath, guys. No, it got kickstarted like seven years ago, I swear. It's like it's been a long ass. T- it's been a long ass time coming. Some of these quotes are just hilarious, by the way, from the the people that are um, you know working on this. I almost backed it. <laughs> it's a here's a great quote. We know diehard fans have been waiting eagerly to experience the hard hitting action of this new take on Shaq Fu, <laughs> and we're excited to team up with Wired Productions to get the game physically into the hands of players this spring. Huh. Said Saber CEO Matt Karch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here even better. Leo Zulo, managing director at Wired Productions, commented, Shaq Fu has an incredible legacy in the history of video games. Yes, it does. <laughs> and we're delighted uh, to be part of the team shooting to earn Shaq his place in the future of video games. I mean, to be fair, Shaq Fu does, in fact, have... Um, Just very, like how The Room has very an incredible legacy in, in film. video games, yes. <clears throat> yes, exactly. By the way, I still need you guys. I still want you guys to come over and see it at the very least. If not, well, I actually kind of already recorded an episode on it, but still, still, you should see it sometime. Oh, it's definitely gonna happen. Um, so yeah, Shaq Fu, a legend reborn. Yeah, that's cool. Um, legend. So it's such an appropriate word. Right? Yeah. Well, it's like it's like the kickstarted game for for the full for the full game uh, release of Cheetah Men. It's like it's like never uh, happened. <laughs> it's like calling the the Twilight books a saga. The Twilight Saga. It's like, no, I'm sorry. Some, some... Uh, My basis definition, it technically is. <laughs> some woman's fanfic about 
Twilight with the serial number. Oh no, wait. I, I'm see now. I'm mixing them up because you're it's confusing so bad. this with Fifty Shades. Yeah. Fifty Shades. Yeah. Well, Fifty Shades was basically Twilight Fifth. slash fic yeah. with names changed. Yep. And that be, you know what? I'm just going to stop talking about it because it's going to depress me. Yeah. It's like, yeah. hey, here's millions and millions of dollars because of your stupid erotic fanfic about yeah. a franchise that was already ridiculous. Fifty Shades was was stupid. I don't. I, um, I have a mixed opinions about Twilight. Um, because it's crap. Yeah. But you know who really didn't deserve any even even one one thousandth of the shit that she got. Stephanie Meyer. It's not a good book. They're not good books, but it's not like it. It was it was it was standard romance pulp. Well, yeah. And yet people gave get people well, threatened to kill it's, her. It's lonely on top, right? Yeah. Whenever you take something that's normally kind of crappy pulp, but then you put a spotlight on it and it's extremely successful, people are going to resent that. Yeah. And I, I I feel understand. bad for I feel bad for Stephanie Meyer. Because she didn't deserve half the shit she got. She didn't deserve a quarter of the shit she got. She wrote a crap book. You know what? A lot of people write a lot of crap books every year. But to be fair, any, anyone that's uh, that successful in any major media medium is going to have crazies that say things like that. Yeah. So it's not a unique phenomenon. I mean, she has plenty of money. She has to, lots of money, too. To so get security and whatever. She'll get over it. Yeah. Any other news? Not a whole lot, really. Okay. Um, oh, D twenty three was actually only just in like on the fifth on like last weekend, wasn't it? Shoot. Yeah. So this actually was this weekend, geek. That's interesting. The Black Panther had like an over twenty five million opening night on Thursday night. It's really good. Yeah. Um, the second showing that I went to on opening night was oddly, like, half empty, though. It was weird. <laughs> I guess everyone came to the first showing, but... Honestly, there's a whole interesting bit of story that I can tell, but I want to save that for the episode, because it was a farce of me going to see that movie. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I guess we'll move on to the spoiler of the week. Um... Since we're talking about PC and console gaming and comparing and contrasting the two to a certain extent, uh, Mike recommended that we do a a, uh, a spoiler from each. Um, so, um, uh, let's see. Um, well, we'll start with Samus is a girl. There you go. Um, <clears throat> Samus Aran, the protagonist of the Metroid series, for those who don't know her by name. Mm-hmm. And um, the final boss from Doom 2 is actually um, the head of either John Romero yeah, or John Carmack. Romero. I can't remember which. Now I want to look it up. The Icon of Sin. It's Romero. I was in middle school, and we were just getting ready to sit down for... Our first yeah, it's Romero's head, and somebody ran in with a VHS tape. And says, you guys aren't gonna believe this, and just popped it into the VCR before the teacher came in, and showed us him beating Metroid and Samus removing her helmet. It's <coughs> a woman. <laughs> bum bum bum. So yeah, that's a that was a that was a thing. Um, 
There it is. Speaks backwards. What's the thing? I remember because he had the ridiculously long, luxurious hair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whenever you, like, shot him or hit him or whatever, he'd be like, brah, brah, make these weird little noises. (laughs) Yeah, the the thing I really wanted to say was, to to win the game, you must kill me, John Romero. Right. Uh, Because when you get inside the, the... When you get to the Icon of Sin level... Um, that gets said, pitched pitch back down and said and uh, recorded backwards. And it's actually said by John Romero. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Which also reminds me of another thing in, in Half Life and uh, Half Life Two. The sound effects of the head crabs uh, when they're on the people is it's actually, actually the Wilhelm scream. No, it's it's um, it's oh. them saying lines that they're still conscious. Oh, no, sorry. The record loops yeah. backwards. So they're saying things like, oh, God, and help me, and like what's happening yeah. and stuff. So it's like they're still sentient while you're killing them, but you don't know that. No, I'm sorry. What, I was, creepy what, what I was thinking about was the fast zombie screen is, in fact, a pitch-shifted and sped-up Wilhelm screen. Oh, I'm just talking about the traditional, like, headcrab zombie yeah. ones. The fast ones may be different, but... Yeah, no, the fast zombies... And that blew my mind, because I, I didn't know about that until, like, last <laughs> year, you know? And I was like, dang, that's dark. Yeah. And they don't tip their hand either. They just It's just a thing. And unless people know, like, you just don't know. Okay, so... PC gaming versus console gaming. Yes. PC Master Race versus console plebs. Shut the fuck up over that, yeah. honestly. <laughs> other than to do so, other than to say so jokingly, um, gaming is gaming. like when you when you get that right down to it. Yeah. Um, I will frequently say, "Oh yes, I'm PC Master Race." I say so ironically and facetiously. Gaming is gaming, and as you said, and honestly. The place, PlayStation's fours and the Xbox ones is, are essentially PCs at this point anyway. Yeah. yeah, they're just very specialized PCs. Hard drives and internet connections Hard, yeah. and yeah, it's like come on. Um. So, this this conversation, this conversation of uh, this conversation was somewhat precipitated by the fact that I went out and bought a bought a PS4 Pro this weekend this last week. <laughs> Um, it was the last of my tax refund, and there was this new news about Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out sometime this year, and, um, I really wanted to be able to play it when it came out. There's a new update coming out for the PS4 Pro, too, that, uh, if, even if you don't have a 4K TV, you could still do the 4K resolution on a 1080 screen, Ooh. so it'll still <clears throat> look pretty. Looking forward to that, because I bought the Pro. Yeah. Um, because, of course I did. But how does that work? How do you get 4K on a 1080p screen? It's the same thing as when you're watching a YouTube video um, in 4K, even if you're on a 1080 ill... Uh, I forget what it's... I think it's called graphic sampling, where it's, it scales it down, but still uses just... Um, so is it similar to, like, the composite resolutions, like 1080i, where, like... No, no, it's... Um, it's hard to explain. Essentially, what it does is it does the rendering in whatever resolution it does and then it can when when you when you have it set for just regular 1080 it only renders things so crisp and so clean what when you uh when you render it in 4K and then scale it down to 1080 uh the lines are clearer oh i see okay 
Now more pixels. So it's like you don't have more pixels. Downscaling to 1080p from a better source as exactly. opposed to just straight up. 1080p. As opposed to just directly rendering. Gotcha. Um, my my graphics card on my computer does this, like I run Fallout 4 in some crazy resolution that my monitor doesn't support at all because my graphics card then well trust me it'll look nicer if you do it this way yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and I compared and it indeed definitely looks nicer when I do it that way so well, that was uh, <clears throat> those are two of the biggest issues when comparing PC and console is uh, graphics and exclusives yeah that's it, it really frequently comes down to that you can with effort, get better graphical fidelity on a PC. In fact, it's not even all that hard. You just need to have a decent graphics card. Um, Which a lot of times costs the same as a console. Yeah, that's <laughs> the other main thing is affordability is the pricing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, if you have money, you don't have to spend the effort. You just spend the money. <laughs> that's the thing. Is and that, you, you know, got to make sure you got the right drivers and things along those lines. But that's usually pretty easy unless you're... Doing some sort of weird, like, haiku build or something. Yeah, that's the other thing, too, is accessibility. Because, yeah. you know, with consoles, at least... <laughs> see, this is what's interesting, is this conversation, we have to we can't, we have to keep peppering in asterisks, right? Because yeah. in earlier consoles, like in the 90s and stuff, I can, I can just make statements that are true. Like, you plug it in and you play, and stuff like that. That's, now, not so much. Because you have to, like... It's much more the case with consoles than it is with PCs. True, but nice there's, there's more, as you yourself said, that they're becoming PCs anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, you get a lot more you also get the You also get, yeah, you also get the negative aspects of that. Yeah. You also get the bullshit, the updates and the, you know, you know various things, you get hurdles or you know, yeah. roadblocks. The big thing that comes down to me on with a, with a PC versus a console game, if you, buy, if you have a game, gaming console... You buy it, you buy your console, you buy a game for that console, the game will run on that console. Right. With very few exceptions. There are some exceptions, like um, WWE 2K18 does not run on the Switch. It's been released on the Switch, and it is a broken joke of a mess on the Switch. Like, it is so badly ported to the Switch that it is... it, it, it Like, that people have commented on this and been like, this is just... This is just stupid. You see, the reverse is true also, though, where you have games that are ported from a console to PC and they're just as unplayable. Well, yeah, but but I'm saying that for the most part, if you buy a, game, a console, yeah, no, you buy a game I know you're just console, saying as a general rule, the game will run. Yeah, I'm just making that observation because yeah. it's a thing that's happened. Because one of the one of the bigger problems with PC gaming is a lot of game developers will pick a specific processor or graphics card. Brand, uh, brand yeah. and that's who they program for. So if you don't have their that specific brand, you may have problems with their games, or at least yeah, have it AMD versus well. Nvidia, or <clears throat> yeah, Intel versus AMD. You'd see that in advertisements like Half Life Two was like catered towards ATI, and like Doom was catered towards Nvidia, and it's just like you know, well, Nvidia is the way it's meant to be played. You have to remember that. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Yay, catchphrases, Nvidia. <laughs> Well, they've got nothing on uh, console catchphrases. I mean, remember the console wars got ridiculous, yep. especially like with Genesis Nintendo does and Sega. What Nintendo? What with Nintendo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. We, we could do an entire an entire episode. I really do feel. Well, that's a whole other episode. We could do an entire episode on the console wars of the late nineties or uh, early aughts. Yeah, the con- yeah. yeah, the console wars is its own episode. Um, definitely. And especially if we want to just say all of the console wars, because 
There was the fights between oh, yeah. uh, Atari and Intellivision. And there was a fight between Nintendo and Sega. And there was the fight between uh, Sony and and uh, Microsoft. And kind of Nintendo. Atari's got a new system coming. Out. <coughs> yeah, sure. Like, no, it's not going to do well, but no, it's going to it's going to tank. They're trying. <laughs> it's going to tank like a like a dead. Well, tank. I'm, I'm sure what they did is they go, hey, got some suit in a boardroom was like, hey guys, those Nintendo classics and SNES classics are selling like hotcakes. Let's whip us together a retro system. It'll so, do great. When I was at Best Buy <laughs> buying a PlayStation, I almost bought a SNES classic instead because they had one on the shelf. I was like, wow. I was like, what? Do you, but I bought a PS4 instead. It's rare to still find those on shelves. I'm going to go back when I have money again <laughs> and see if it's still there. And if it is, I'm going to buy it. People, so, people snatch those off the shelves and try to sell them for a double, triple. Yeah, yeah which is... which Actually, the thing is, Nintendo knew that people were doing that, so they're actually keeping supply of the SNES Classic a little bit more yeah. um, out there. Like... Uh, trying to make it more. R- Reggie, <clears throat> Reggie actually went on as record as saying, "If you pay more than a hundred dollars for this for this system, you are overpaying." Yeah. We are going to yeah. try, and we're going to try and make sure that you don't feel like you have to. Because I could build the same thing for like fifty bucks. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a novelty, and, it's a novelty item. Yeah, yeah the Raspberry Pi in a three D printed case. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, speaking, not of, that we're endorsing piracy. Speaking of class, piracy is bad. Uh, classic systems and stuff. Why don't we uh, get a baseline for uh, first experience with a PC game and first experience with a console game? Oh God! So I will okay. go first because I remember um, my first experience with consoles was the uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, my first memory of it was actually watching my brother play the original Final Fantasy when I was like four years old. Please don't die, microphone. So that was, you know, uh, my very first gaming memory, I think. Um, and as far as PC goes, there were a lot of little, like, disposable 5.0 floppy games, so it was kind of hard for me to put it down to just one specific game, but I, I remember a couple of primitive games that involved, like, mazes and jumping and stuff. Well, back in the day, Apple was actually the premier gaming PC. <laughs> which is so weird. Was that the Apple II? Yeah. Yeah. Because that was the one that had all those big all those big... Uh, Floppies, floppies, yeah. That had like all of the games. Um, so, speaking of PC, my first game was on an Apple. Was on an Apple something or another, and yeah. it was Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? <laughs> that was one of my first two. <laughs> <laughs> I was really bad at that game. <laughs> yeah, but that was my first ever PC game. Um, First, we, we also had an NES uh, when I was a kid. So my first memory that I have uh, of console gaming actually goes back to when I was two. Uh, because I, this is one of the few things I have is a sort of <coughs> vivid memory. We just got Mega Man 3 for my brother's birthday. Um, and we were playing it, and the parents were making the, were making the, the brothers, the older brothers, because I was two, Ethan was seven, Kent was nine. I am significantly younger than both of my brothers. It's mattered less and less as time continues to pass, but it's a thing. I was two. They were like, we don't want to let Neil take a turn. He'll die. Mm-hmm. Um, they were right. Yeah, it's Mega Man. <laughs> it was Mega Man 3. Specifically, it was Magnet Man's stage. No, not Gold, Magnet Man, sorry. Have trouble it was Man. Shadow Man's stage. Uh, the one with all the lava. 
-hmm. It was the particularly tricky platforming part in the second half of the level, um, and I fell into the literal first death pit and died. You know, it's funny, now that you, you mentioned the, the old school <laughs> Mega Mans, um, it, <laughs> it makes me realize... like, Hey, the plural's Mega Men. It, well, I was going to say, if the if the if those games came out today, people people would be like, oh, everything is blank man. This is so sexist, you know? Because that was, that was every single boss was such and such man, such and such man, you know? They had some of the weird... They were all robots! Yeah, I know. They were... Yeah, there's not really gender involved when it's a robot, but mm -hmm. I digress. Well, Shinobi Man became fun, Shadow Man. Fun fact, though. I, uh, <laughs> I had the, we had the original Mega Man, uh, and... Uh, man, I remember he had little sleeves for the cartridges so they wouldn't get dust yeah. in them and all that. Mm -hmm. Well, if you, they had a weird cover for it where it was just some like dude who looked like he was in his fifties almost, well, and he had yeah. a, and he had a pistol in his hand. And it's like no, Mega Man's a robot. I don't know. This is like one of the, I feel like this one of those English situations. On, that was in Mega Man Two specifically. No, this was the original Mega Man. Yeah, okay. the original Mega You're Man. You're in Mega Man One and Two. Mega Man One and Two, and then Mega Man Three actually had the Blue Bomber, as you as you yeah. remember him. <clears throat> so yeah, I think I still have the they cartridges. Had, they had the cover before they had the story. Right was, I believe, why that was the way it was. And they're just like, well, we don't want to pay for it again. Just run it. <laughs> well, I do in fact, actually still have our, a Mega Man Three cartridge at home. But yeah, my parents' home, ridiculous. not my home, but still. So, so how about you? I had you? an NES, but my grandparents had uh, a Atari. Before that, so that's what I played on first. Is that I think, the Atari Twenty Six Hundred? Um, I think that was the first Atari home system. Yeah, the Atari Twenty Six Hundred was the first home system. Okay, I still got one bar of battery. I may end up having yeah, to pause this and buy batteries. I can't remember which game I played first on it. There were a bunch of games. We had like Rocky and some game. Uh, well, it wasn't Custer's Revenge. No. <laughs> Sorry, that was a horrible game. So I brought up two two weeks in a row now. A bunch of games on it that were really fun. And then PC um, was our home computer, the big floppy disks. I had yeah. like original Duke Nukem back when it was a side-scrolling platform. Oh, wow. Um, Commander Keen. I played nice. both of those a lot. Ah, uh, yes, that's old school. Yeah. Duke Nukem. Before <coughs> it was a first-person shooter... It was so weird. <laughs> yeah, before tits. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, yeah, that's funny. Oh, I can't remember which one. It's and like, I'm pretty sure all of us played Oregon Trail. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I didn't, but that was because I was homeschooled. Ah. Um, so that's where I played it. <laughs> I was homeschooled a little bit. Mm. I was very homeschooled up until, like, seventh grade. My brothers played Oregon Trail when they were in public school because, for some reason, they went to public school and I did not. Um, at least later than me, I should say. <laughs> my sister, one of the times that she played it, um, I almost feel bad for even saying this. When one of the times that she died from dysentery, she asked, "Who's Terry?" <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have dissed him. Yeah. Terry Crews, man, he'll get you. He's gonna be in Deadpool. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember Oregon Trail. It's, there have been so many iterations of that game over the years. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so I, I very much wanted to buy. Uh, still, probably I still could. Oregon Trail Remastered, which is a zombie survival game. Oh yeah, yeah I've yeah I've, I've played. I've dabbled. Oregon spelled O R G A N. Oregon yeah, Trail. Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah. It's an Oregon. Yeah. Um, I found this in your chair. <laughs> 
So the oh, yeah. that now back then that was like way that was before the internet was a thing yep. for the most part. Um, it was definitely long before. It was before the internet was involved with gaming. Um, Just remember, you all you do is is buy uh, is buy the wagon, two oxen, and all the bullets that you can buy. Right, because then you load up on food, and then you sell the food for everything you need. Yeah, which is why you start as the banker, so you get the most money, so you can do all anyway. Strats. <laughs> In case anyone needs Oregon Trail strats, we're your source. But yeah, um, well, that's the interesting thing is that um, interesting to see a speed run of Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you do that. You just set it to fast and hope for the best. I mean, there's yeah, not much. You can, <laughs> there's not really much you can do with that. I wonder what the speed run record for Oregon Trail is now <laughs> to the internet. <laughs> the longest part of the game is waiting for it to load. Yeah. <clears throat> Back when you had to load games through DOS. Let's see, the, the difference between uh, PCs and consoles were very different. It was a very different dynamic pre-internet because <clears throat> back then uh, the, multi the, the, the one with more multiplayer options was actually the console because mm. you could have people a lot easier huddle around a whole TV instead of people trying to squeeze around a little monitor. Yeah. And then, of course, most of it was just a keyboard, so you didn't really have a lot of choices with multiple people doing input you know <laughs> yeah i remember trying to share a keyboard to play a couple multiplayer games that was weird so the uh world record speed run for oregon trail as the banker is four minutes five seconds and 100 milliseconds see there you go i call it with the banker choice because you get enough money to just wing it and go through really no quickly. one has apparently submitted a run for the fastest <coughs> time as the farmer so you could become the world record holder for running the game as the farmer. There you go. Yeah, um, so yeah, with the early... There's only seven PCs. runs in, speed, in speedrun.com, which is kind of sad and pathetic. <laughs> there's, you know, uh, it wasn't until You Don't Know Jack came out that there's really a great keyboard sharing game, you know? And that was, uh, that was long before I, they came out with some console my, versions. Some of my favorite... Game memories was playing uh, games like Liero, um, which I'm not sure if anyone remembers, with my brother Ethan, both of us cramming onto a single keyboard. Yeah. Um, he had the number keys and, uh, and and he had the number keys and I had um, Wazda. Yeah. And Wazda. Yeah, I remember old school games like that where they weren't really designed to be multiplayer games, but like my brother and I would w both want to play the game and or the game would be so difficult it helped to have two people doing things. Mm -hmm. So I'd be like, all right, you do this and I'll do this. Like, I'll, I'll move and you shoot or whatever, you know? Liera was actually intended as a... It, it's just a competitive uh, worm shooter. Um, mm. But it... Uh, But it's weird and different in that um, my brain just stopped again. I've, I've had a long day. I think the only two-player game that I really played a lot on the computer that was local yeah. was uh, Tank Wars. Ah. We literally just had up to four tanks on a 2D map. Right. And you would just change the elevation of your gun. Yeah. And you could eventually get... 
like nukes or different types. That's of not tank ammo. wars. That's scorched earth. No, it was called. This one was called tank wars. A knockoff, uh, I guess. Like your tank was literally a solid color. That's yeah. how low res graphics <laughs> they were. Yeah. And you would just change the elevation of your gun. You couldn't move your tank at all. And then you just change the elevation, and then fire. Well, even even uh, even in the destroy early era. the ground. It, or uh, you could kill them by destroying the ground under them. Oh, tank wars uh, was in fact a. Not as good version of Scorched Earth from what I'm seeing. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, knockoff. I called it. Scorched Earth. Practically the same game, actually. That's interesting. So even that early in the span of, you know, PC gaming and consoles, you could already see some significant differences between the experiences. Like, for example, on, on PC, you would have all these various different inputs that you could potentially have with mm-hmm. keyboard and joystick and mouse and stuff, whereas consoles just, hey, this is the controller and you better like it. Nintendo tried a lot. They had, uh, like, Mario Paint, they had the mouse for the Super Nintendo. Well, I mean... And the gun. That's jumping ahead a little bit. I mean, at this point, we're still talking, like, early, like, yeah. 90s and stuff. But, yeah. No, I, I give them credit the for... the NES had the, the trackpad for the Olympic Yeah, that's true. And, and the, the power glove. And the gun, the, uh... And the, the well, gun. yeah, the gun, the, the light zapper, that was one of the earliest things, actually, yeah. I guess. Apparently Tank Wars came first, and the Scorched Earth was just better. Of course, <laughs> those were just for specific types of You want to know why Scorched Earth was just better? If you wanted to, you could buy fuel and move your tank. It was expensive as hell and not a good idea. <laughs> but you could do it. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those were just for, like, particular types of games for the most yeah. part, with, like, the, you know, the track, the trackpad, and yeah. stuff like that, track and field things. So, it seems like all of us actually got our start primarily on console, which yeah. makes sense, actually, because yeah. here's the really interesting thing. PC gaming hasn't been around nearly as long as, uh, at least in the mainstream, as console gaming has. Right. right? Yeah, it's always been on the periphery, but... Well, it's because home computers weren't really much of a thing until, like... Yeah. Like, like good home computers that... You, and, yeah, you could potentially get some games on, like, the ColecoVision or, <laughs> like, the, 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 the Commodore 64. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had your but, Kongs and your Breakouts yeah, and, but you know, really basic stuff. Game computers were business tools for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, even, I mean, it was like, it went from business to home to then maybe some games within the context. Like, there were several steps yeah. before you even got to the, hey, which play is, a game on a computer. Which is also humorously ironic because the first ever video games were all made on computers. Yeah. By people at MIT. Right. Playing around with room-sized computers. Yeah, it is kind of funny how that works. Pong was like, it was, was programmed on like a computer the size of this apartment. Yeah, in the uh, punch card, the predecessor to Pong, like before yeah, it was played on an oscilloscope. Yeah. as the as the, uh, mm-hmm. the first as technical the... video game was yeah. a predecessor to Pong on an oscilloscope. <laughs> that's how crazy this. Sh- that's how old this shit is. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's how bored computer programmers get. I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So let's skip ahead into the heart of the 90s then, because we'll never finish if we don't keep moving. <laughs> All right, so... The Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis era. And Backstreet Boys are big. And, uh, <laughs> so I never owned an SNES, but I we did have a Sega. Mm-hmm. And my family, hate, well, my sisters mostly hated me because our first game was Lion King. 
And I was the first one to beat it. Actually, a solid platformer. That's impressive because Sega Lion King is damn hard. Especially Scar. There was no, like, hint at all of how to beat him. Mm -hmm. And he had this... If you left yourself open in the slightest, you were just dead. There was no health bar involved. You're just dead. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mastered Lion King. I could get to Scar within a short time. My family, we had an NES, and then my cousin Robert owned an SNES <coughs> that he was too cool for because... Uh, here's Okay, here's the thing. My cousin Rob's great. Um, he works for Bioware now. He was on the bleeding edge of PC gaming for a very long time, including to this day, because now he makes games. For a living, um, so he was too cool for for his computer for his uh, Super Nintendo because he had his computer. <laughs> um, and what it all came down to is just the quality of the games, really. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. <clears throat> not playing, but that meant that we got his Super Nintendo. We we pretty much had his Super Nintendo on permanent lend from him mm -hmm. uh, while we were living near him. Um, and the four games that he owned for his Super Nintendo, which were, um, let's see, Super Bomberman, um, EA's uh, NF, um, um, NFL 95, and NHL 97, and I can't remember what the fourth game was. Statistically, I would say it's Super Mario World. It was not. Well, that's a shame. That, that was, was one of the best games. It was a fantastic game. It was a packing title, but he yep. didn't have it. Um, what was really interesting was this was also the game that they, he had the Super Multi-Tap. So, <laughs> yeah, it, so it, it, it was the thing was every single game we that, that he had was Multi-Tap um, compatible. Yeah. So me and my two brothers would play Bomberman all at the same time. Yeah, more like... Uh, Three, four-player multiplayer at that time was like a revolution. Mind-blowing. Yeah, it was just like, holy crap, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I... Um, well, see, the thing is, like... And then I got a super, uh, an N64 when we... Uh, in some time, when, when Smash Bros. came out. As far as, like, mainstream PC games go, there weren't, like... Unless you were already into, an, like, an established franchise, like, you were already a fanboy of a particular thing, like... Uh, Might and Magic or Ultima or something like unless there's something like that like there weren't really any notable games in my mm -hmm. opinion back then it wasn't until the mid 90s when like Blizzard started making blockbuster games Warcraft or Warcraft 2 is that was, that was like 94 I believe that was when it that was when uh, PC gaming really went on my radar I was like wow this is amazing and <laughs> the cutscenes were like mind-blowing and it was on a CD and you know everything was so high-tech and awesome and you actually had Internet, of course, this was in the era of like 56K and less yeah. modems, but you could do it by God. You could connect with one other person and have a one-on-one -on -one game, and mm -hmm. uh, it was it was super fun. And that was another that was another thing too. When you get to the big macro level of comparing PCs and consoles, is there are certain genres that each platform tends to do better. And RTS has always been one that the PC does better, mainly because of the whole mouse and keyboard uh, yep. thing. And the other one's shooter. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, first-person shooter for much the same reasons. Yeah. Um, Although people will argue to the end, controller's better. No, you're just more used to controller. Yeah. I mean, it's more precise. I, than, I than have a story about how to prove that mouse and keyboard is better than controller. Um, for a while, I had a roommate who had an Xbox 360, and we played a lot of Halo. Yeah. In fact, we had Halo parties. Yep. Um, I was very bad at Halo. Until... Um, we bought a mouse controller for Halo. <laughs> right. <laughs> At which point, people stopped wanting to play Halo with me. Yeah, because back then the pistol that you started with was basically a well, sniper. Well, it was Halo 3, but it was still... Oh, okay. Uh, well, that's a big difference then. You should say that. Because <laughs> that changes the gameplay but significantly. It was Halo 3, but the minute I got a mouse and a, mouse and, and a couple buttons for movement in my hand... I went from being this guy that was an easy kill and was the an- and was the sinking anchor on whatever team he ended up on to we can't let Neil play cheating. Well, yeah, I mean, people can prefer one thing over another, yeah. but it's not up for debate on which yeah. one is more precise, or yeah. accurate, or better. Mouse is definitely mouse more is precise. always better. Mm-hmm. Now you can have sensitivity settings and stuff, and you can get pretty good with the controller, but still, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. sometimes a pixel or two does make all the difference. Just yeah. like a millisecond of reaction time makes all the difference when you're talking about shooters. So, yep. hands down, it's always a PC for for shooters. Now that being said, before the internet got all high speed and awesome. Uh, back in the day, there was this weird little window of time where there were certain things that you would actually prefer shooter-wise on the console, and of course, the elephant in the room is GoldenEye 64. <laughs> yeah. Four-player GoldenEye 64 is one of the so purest fun. gaming experiences of all time. And yet, if you go back and play it now, it kind of sucks. <clears throat> yeah, well, 20, 21 years will do that to... Uh, yeah, <laughs> they redid it for the Wii. I don't know how good it was. And they also re- re-released it on uh, on the Source engine, and yeah. it's still glorious. GoldenEye Source, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, man, that was so, so much fun with See, that. PC gaming, for me, started around 96, 97 with um, Shadows of the Empire and Dark Forces 2. Oh, that also reminds me, Rebel Assault. That was that was kind of mind blowing for its time. Which too. also showed me the difference between um, <clears throat> controller versus mouse because I played Shadows of the Empire on the N sixty four and on the computer. Yeah, well, and you have those. Uh, a lot, of, interestingly enough, so much better on the computer. A lot of a lot of Star Wars Quite unique that. PC gaming experiences like X Wing and Tie Fighter and all that. Oh yeah, we had X- so Flight Sims were my thing. on Yeah, the computer. that was the other thing too. Flight Sims PCs were all we about had X Wing versus Tie Fighter, and none of us knew how to play it. Um, but we had a really good flight stick. Um, we had a yeah, we had a flight stick. Uh, mm-hmm. But the good news was the other game we got, which we were all very good at, was Mech Warrior Three. Oh yeah, Mech Warrior. I had a flight stick just for the Shadows of the Empire missions where you're in the Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> before yeah. before I actually started playing other flight sim games, I bought a flight stick just for those missions. We got a really good Logitech flight stick with with on with on thing throttle. Um, had like fifty thousand buttons. <laughs> so it had it had all of the buttons. Speaking of controllers with too many buttons, uh, yeah. what was the name of that game? 
Or you're piloting a giant mech. Mech war. Steel Battalion. Oh, Steel Battalion. Oh, man. <laughs> I really wish I or could have There was it. no controller. You had the control station of the actual mech. It was like you been, the pedals. It's like you're training to be an astronaut, but it's a video game. But yeah. <laughs> I really wish that I could get my hands on a Steel Battalion rig. <laughs> I have a friend in Michigan who still has one, and he oh, loves it. He tries to get it to work with other games. And it's, or, of course, also that goes back to... Um, I feel like a quick digression should be made from PC and console to something you very rarely see anymore, at least in America. Arcade. And that is arcades. Oh god, I love arcades. That was, yeah, in many ways that was kind of the bridge between the two because you you have a game that's in an arcade mm-hmm. and it was based on a computer game and then you'd get a home version of the game from the arcade. Yeah, like it was, Street never, Fighter it was and all never that. quite as good as the arcade version. Yeah. Um, but the reason the reason I think of this right now is because thinking about Mech Warrior and I'm remembering Mech Warrior Battle Pods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some pretty great like robot mech type games where you would actually be like a little egg or a cocoon or yeah. you know station or whatever you want to call it. When we went to uh, Andy B's, there was a Star Wars pod. Oh yeah, that's great. I played in that. That thing was so fun. It looked a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. The view was like all around, practically all around you. You're in your periphery, and it was so fun to do. I wish I could have like a parent. When I was in Japan, I really wanted to play in the Gundam Battle Pods, (laughs) but there was a line and a half. Oh yeah, there are arcades. And I don't, and I don't read or speak nearly enough Japanese to have been able to work out how it worked. (laughs) (laughs) So I would have just been. Sitting like there was a line and a half for a five minute experience mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. fighting each other with Gundams. I was like, this is really cool. I will get in there and be immediately slaughtered by everyone forever. Right. So Xbox tried to do another Steel Battalion with a Connect. It um, didn't work. It did not. I played it. And instead of having all the controls right here, you're just reaching out, grabbing nothing. And mm. it looked cool, but... Yeah. The problem was that the Kinect doesn't work. Yeah. <clears throat> it's disappointing. Yeah. Because it could have been... It could have been great. could have been great. They There are things they could have done with it that they didn't. They just... Well, the thing is, they... They just quick digression. They they bet heavy on it, and then no one really supported it, and so then they had to bail, and it, nothing one, really came. One up. of the most popular games in arcades, even still, um, I think it's called Time Crisis, where you step on the pedal. Yeah, the pedal. Oh, oh, Time Crisis. Yeah. so good. It's really fun. All they would Fantastic need is game. a peripheral with something that the Connect can read on the end of the gun. Yeah. And you could play that with Connect easily. Yeah. yeah. But Microsoft doesn't want guns in their systems. Yeah. Action. <laughs> yeah. So arcades and all I that remember, stuff. I um, remember the proudest arcade experience was the time that me and my brother Ethan uh, sat down, or not sat down. We stood up for it because it was Time Crisis. We beat Time Crisis <laughs> two on a total combined only uh, one only one dollar a piece uh, it was a quarter it was a quarter of play so we died so we each had to take four continues but this is time crisis too right uh, so yeah still very impressive I played this other shooter in California that it reminded me of the connect before the connect came out um, you're standing on this pad and then there's a sensor above you and you're playing a cop 
and instead of having the, the pad that you step on to make you duck, it actually reads your movement. So if you want to duck behind a table, you literally have to duck. So you can actually dodge bullets rather than... Um, you telling me I can dodge bullets? Yeah, if, if you see where they're <laughs> aiming, and it would show you just before firing, it would show you the bullet path. Yeah. So you could literally move out of the way. And it was like one of the best workouts I ever had playing in an arcade. <laughs> well, I remember there's a there's a version of Tekken where it was just the game itself was just Tekken, but or Tekken three to be technical, but um, the interface was just you standing in a little like circle and you would just do the movements. That's cool. And so I was like I was like wailing away like a para para paradise uh, yeah, controller. Exactly, I was like punching and kicking and stuff. It was That's hilarious. Cool. And I, I went on a winning streak, and it was like it was at an amusement park, and it was a fairly busy day, so like there were people lining up to play. So it was like a king of the hill situation where I would like beat somebody, and then the next person would you know go up there, and I just rinse and repeat until someone finally beat me. But it must have been at least like five people that I'd beaten in a row. Oh, it was nice. pretty satisfying. So like you know people were getting playful with it and stuff, and like this guy comes up and we like bow to each other and just find him. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. I used to love Tekken. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, also speaking of getting a workout in uh, in arcades, and actually also at home, if you have the correct peripherals, dance, 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 dance revolution. revolution. <laughs> uh, we're, just, we're just reminiscing about games. We should really get back to the topic at hand, shouldn't we? We shall. Um, so, pros and cons of consoles versus PC gaming. It only took us an hour. Um, <laughs> well, we, we got up into the into the mid to late nineties. Consoles within about five years, you're replacing it with yeah. the next gen. That is a con, you, in my opinion. Yes, it's a con. With a PC, if you build a good PC to start with, it could last you a decade without mm-hmm. having. You may have to upgrade one or two things in it. Once or twice, yeah. But if you build a good PC to start with, you should last you a long time. And you'll be able to play those same games for that decade without having to do any huge <coughs> changes. Yeah. And then even if you do upgrade, you'll still be able to play all those older games for the yeah. most part. It's pretty hard once it's pretty hard for a computer to be too good to play a game if the game unless the game was coded badly. Or if it's a really old game. Like we just got I just bought Tiffany the uh, the Legacy of Kane series uh-huh. on Steam. Windows 10 apparently cannot run it. Not even compatibility mode? No. Huh. Yeah, I looked online and nobody with Windows 10 has been able to get them to run. Yeah, that's the thing about uh, those when those games is you have to like check and make sure that, you know, if, if they're older games that there's not, you know... It, it was a dollar and then I got it. They were all <laughs> refunded, so... Yeah. Yeah, I know that's great that they had the refund. I wish that they would remaster on, those games or even continue them. They were going to. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Well, that was that was originally that was originally a console series. That was yeah, the PlayStation. The, the original PlayStation yeah, is where that started. Yeah. Sorry, I'm distracting yeah. people with Facebook, but so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you get that or not. But yeah, my sister picks those and cooks them. Uh, okay, I forget what they're it's called. It's a morel mushroom. Yeah, they're really they're delicious. delicious. They're entirely edible. They can't be cultivated. Um, they're kind of like truffles. So you can only get them where they grow. You can only find them where they happen to be growing. Um, so there's this whole thing about hunting, mushroom hunting for them. Um, sorry, that's complete digression. Real mushrooms are delicious, but yeah, Legacy of Cain, all of those games, I loved every single one of them. And they were 
PS1 and PS2 only, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think some of them might have been on Xbox also. And then PC. Now, um, as far as other, like, notable PC games in the 90s, um, obviously the other Blizzard stuff, Diablo, Diablo 2, StarCraft, yeah. etc. But uh, then Half-Life was the big breakout, I think, after that for me. And um, that was 1998. Um, and that just, I mean, you know, the rest is history because Valve yeah. became this huge developer. And then, of course, with Steam, when that came out in 2004, that just, well, it built Steam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. avoid that. Uh, Star fun. Wars had all of their X-Wing and TIE Fighter yeah. games. Yeah, it was 95, I think, when TIE Fighter came out. Uh, X-Wing was earlier, but anyway, point is, um, like, each, uh, you know, PCs and consoles, they kind of lean into their respective strengths, and then as the uh, as the internet really opened up PC gaming, that's when things started to change significantly, because all these other multiplayer options, and even MMOs, a whole genre of game, yeah. came to fruition on the PC. Um, now, technically, there is some obscure MUDs and, like, you know, basic things before, but EverQuest was really yeah. the big launch there, which was, yeah. I want to say 98, or no, 99, I think. EverQuest. Yeah. I played a it was like early 99, I think, something like that. I, I still didn't have a true gaming quality PC or internet connection at that time, so I did not, I downloaded it on my school's computer. I would say that's the other thing that the uh, the PCs that I like I miss when you could do that <laughs> about PCs over consoles is that because PCs have such flexibility as far as like um, like the parts that go into it and such a wide user base and everything, it allows for more uh, experimentation and like new genres of games and stuff. Whereas with consoles, you have to play it a little safer because you have a more limited install base and yeah. you have to go through a more specific process. Mm-hmm. Like with, I mean, anyone can just release a PC game to an extent, like with indie games and stuff. Now you're seeing more of that on consoles now, but it didn't used to be that. Yeah, yeah. You know? So yeah. Soul genres of games came into being. And uh, console games had like a size limit. Yeah. You can only fit so much on a cartridge. Or a a disc or what have you. Yeah, you had a hard Now now the computers, now that uh, PC, now that games of words, and I hate the life. (laughs) <laughs> with the flavin sorry it's, it's been a bad day um, we started having games that were on multiple discs yeah now <laughs> Final yeah. Fantasy it's highly unlikely we'll ever have a game yeah. that will be need to be on more than one yeah. Blu-ray well that's because Blu-rays have ridiculous amounts right? of storage space <laughs> well, yeah I um, remember the infamous the three disc Final Fantasy 7 release yeah. Yeah. Though, I, much as I dog on Final Fantasy 7 for being overrated it was cool in that holy shit this is on three discs yeah. what I had a Star Trek PC game uh, Starfleet Academy and it was on six yep I remember Riven the sequel to Misk be, Mist being on <laughs> Five CDs. Oh, yes, that is part of the title. Riven, the sequel to Mist. But Starfleet Academy... <laughs> you can't not call it Riven, the sequel to Mist. Yeah. <laughs> Starfleet Academy, it was like virtually all live action. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's another thing we F- should address. The cheesy FMV things. Yeah. Hey, like, Star Commander was awesome. Command and Conquer and all that. And for that matter... Command and Conquer '95 was my jam. For oh, the games such are great. A long time. I'm just saying the cheesy cutscenes are the thing of legend. Mm-hmm. The um, Dark Forces Two Jedi Knight cutscenes, considering the budget, were not bad. Yeah, they were they were pretty good considering. 
Yeah, honestly, all of them were good. I, li- I really liked Jarek as a bad guy. I'd love to see him brought it into proper canon. It was interesting. Yeah, it was, uh, it was surprisingly good for its time and budget. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it felt very Star Warsy. Like the way it they did. shot it just seemed very cinematic. Yeah. You know, it kind of it just fit. Which is very tough to do because I mean you know you got to tread lightly when you're trying to yeah. do cinematic Star Wars stuff. And make yeah, it good. I was so disappointed that after that, every single one after that went to CG yeah, cutscenes and game stuff and all that. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. No, so it was the way of the future, you know. Yeah. Well, it's hard to do well, so. But yeah, um, when again when high speed internet took off, that really changed the, the landscape yeah. for all that stuff. I still remember playing Counter-Strike on 56k modem, though. Oh, yeah. Counter-Strike, I think, is what... Gotta love the rubber banding. Yeah. I had already played GoldenEye and loved GoldenEye, but wasn't really into shooters. Right. Yeah, Counter-Strike was a revolution. When I was living in Davis, California, I lived right next to an internet cafe that was run by um, a bunch of Korean brothers. Like, they were all my age. Yeah. And they were running this internet cafe. Sure. And so, anytime I was off of work... I had no friends in town because I was living with my dad. Um, I had just moved there, and so I just spent all my time hanging out with them. And we they got me into Counter Strike, and so I was just playing with them all the time. And yeah. you know how, and they were like not just um, Korean descent living in California. They were like from Korea, moved here, right, and opened up an internet cafe yeah. because and you know how there they weren't t- any in, in yeah, California. and you know how they tend to be with their gaming. They're like hardcore, right? <laughs> Racist? <laughs> no, <laughs> good at their games. I'm just, I'm just saying that that <clears throat> this podcast is fantastic for being able to take things out of con- that, yes. that for creating quotes that when taken out of context. Sound frightfully racist. Yeah, even the, I don't know. You could take that in any context. It doesn't yeah. sound racist to me. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Um, so they were really good at the game. Yeah. And so through, one of these years, I am going to make a super cut though. <laughs> so through playing with them, I got really good at it too. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I um. Well, yeah, Counter Strike, and that's the thing, right? Is that that started as a mod from Half Life. Mm-hmm. So Half Life you know, was the was that was the, the big game was changer. The shooter. That got me into shooters. It was a watershed moment for PC gaming and even just gaming in general. But Valve can't count to three, so we're never going to get an end to that story. Um. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually a good segue into another big thing in the discussion of PC games versus console games is uh, mods, modifications. Mods are huge. So it's not until more recently that mods have become more of a accepted thing on the console side of it where they have like a community content thing where you can download and stuff like that and that was one of the big sticking points for people that preferred PC gaming over console gaming is you couldn't really do any mods on consoles. Mods are still way harder to do on console than they are on PC. They are. Oh, absolutely. And typically there's going to be you know you can find something and perfectly legal by the way not piracy you can have legal mods that are free and then you have to pay for the same thing on the console version of it. You know? Yeah. Well... So, the mod community, I don't think, will ever really accept paid mods, um, which is odd because all, the mod community almost never pays its like donates to its modders who are taking so much time to make the things and the stuff. It's ironic. There's irony. 
A lot of a lot of modders have then become have have recru- have been recruited and become yeah. developers. A lot of modders, a lot of modders do their modding because they're building up their portfolio. It's one long well. job interview. In yes. a way. <laughs> I used to not understand like what's the big deal about modding. Uh, it's like if the game is fun, why mess with it? Because you and can then, make it more fun. Well, <laughs> yeah. like I said, I used to not understand. Mm-hmm. And then just 20 minutes running around Skyrim killing things with Anduril from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah, well, The Elder Scrolls is definitely a great example of uh, all the customization and mods and stuff. Here is why... Here is why... Yeah, well, the Bethesda games in Bethesda general. in general, yeah. Here, Fallout series. Sure. Here are the, the uh, three reasons to mod a game. To fix something that is broken, um, the Fallout 2 mods are... The, the Fallout 1 and 2 mods spring to mind. Yeah. Uh, Fallout 1 and 2 have some very serious problems, especially Fallout 2. Um, Fallout 2 travel in the overworld is is mapped to your system clock for some reason. So with high-end computers, um, you can walk... You can walk the entire length of Southern California, uh, which in game time, if the game is clocked correctly, should take you about uh, about two and a half weeks. You can instead make that same walk on my current computer without the fix installed in three minutes game mm-hmm. time. Like that's how much time <coughs> passes on your clock. Um, because it's mapped to system clock and it, it breaks a lot of things. Um, but so fix something that's broken, make something more fun, or add tits. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's it's a thing. I've seen the uh, Skyrim mod that turns all the dragons into Charizards or into nah. <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. Damn, Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but get but. There is there are, there is a hard, dedicated modding community out there that is dedicated to turning things into Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> um, I blame it, man. <laughs> I'm sure that, that actually had a certain amount of, of uh, influence on it. After yeah. Amen and the Wasp, it's gonna be Hello Kitty pest dispensers. Yeah. yeah. Although my favorite mod was still the one that turned all the dragons into Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And all the shouts into Oh yeah. <laughs> I was hoping for a snap into a slim gym. Boom saw is Well, yeah, that is the that is the three main things. It's fixing, changing, and adding, mm-hmm. basically. And another good example of the fixing is um, Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines. One of the uh, Troika has been notorious for releasing buggy games, but this was this is like their magnum opus of buggitude. I love the game; it's one of my favorite games ever. But it was really, really the unofficial fix. It really needed a lot of work. Well, and, and to be fair, they had to rush it out the door. Uh, but still, they them as developers, Troika, they they had kind of been known for that anyway. Yeah. But yeah, that's a great well, example. Bethesda makes it a selling point at this point. Hey, we made it. We, we only made three quarters of the game so that the modders have something to fix. <laughs> they don't actually do that, but it feels like it. Sorry. Yeah. Nice little Republic games are pretty buggy too. 
Uh, actually, that's an interesting thing. Is Knights of the Republic Two was another one of those games that didn't really get fully finished before they had to push it out the door. And yeah. there's like a whole deleted content, restored content, like overhaul yeah. mod that people can that's, use. I mean, that that's that's the that, that falls into the category of fixing things that are broken. Right. Have you heard about that project? Somebody is going back and completely redoing Knights of the Old Republic with like today's graphics. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd I heard cease and desisted. I'd, I'd heard rumors. No, it's it hasn't. <laughs> it will give it time. Most of the time, the 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 only reason that it hasn't already gotten cease and desisted is because there hasn't been enough buzz built up about it yet. Well, yeah, and they're not yeah. Selling it. Yeah. Well, even if even if you're not selling it, that like. I'm just saying it's less on the radar. I'm reminded of uh, of uh, Chrono Restored. It's just a mod that they're going to be releasing for it. Wait, you mean for the game? Yeah, for oh, the mod the game with new. That's it'll that, replace the tech. The that textures, they could potentially get away with, and I believe also replacing some of the audio. It sounded like just creating the whole game, no. the game, game all over again from the ground um, up. Sam so. Witwer is actually working with them on some of the audio, redoing some of the audio stuff, huh. like some of the dialogue. Well, time will tell, I guess. I've seen some of the like screenshots for it. It's pretty. <laughs> um, so. That's that's Back piece to the top of the on consoles. Um, the thing that the thing that consoles do really have still over PCs, uh, although not to a lesser extent now than they used to, is um, is in person multiplayer, um, split yeah. screen or you know just split screen or everyone on one screen, various things. Um, that's becoming less now, though. It's yeah, which is disappointing. Nintendo, to me. yeah, yeah. Well, it is you know, praise Nintendo for that. Well, that's the thing is, that as they become more PC like, they just take it for granted. They're like, oh, you know, all the multiplayer is going to be online now, and it's like split screen is a, is a thing that I care about deeply. Um, that like pl- some of my fondest, not not even some, most of my fondest gaming m- memories are playing games with. Friends mm-hmm. in person, uh, a lot of a lot of times specifically with my brothers, because that was something that we could bond over. Yeah, they're kicking the shit out of each other in <laughs> Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, God, I love Smash Brothers. That well, was why I bought my N sixty four. It's a lot more fun when the person's in the room to like trash talk or mm-hmm. congratulate or whatever. You know, so there's one game series that is universally offline. So if you want to play with somebody, it has to be in the same room. That's the Lego games. That's cool. Like Lego Lord of the Rings, Marvel, yeah. Indiana Jones, any of those. I don't know that. They're all. I haven't, I haven't ever played any yeah. of them. They look no, really fun. None of them are online multiplayer. It's strictly <coughs> local. Well, that's and good. And they specifically said it's because they wanted to encourage people to play together, not online. And I'm, I'm fine with all the online multiplayer options. I just hate it when yeah. they axe the local thing. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't have nothing against online because yeah. I've got friends who live far away. And I cannot drive up to the, to their place, <laughs> with you know for it, it for the three and a half hours it's going to take to get to their place to play a game. Um, and depending on the game, you don't want to share your screen. Right. That was uh, to go back to Goldeneye. Screen hacking yeah. was an epidemic. Of course, I, this reminds <laughs> me of a really interesting game called uh, called Screen Cheat. It's a first person shooter, but the thing is, 
every every player is entirely invisible. Um, so the only way you can tell where the other people are is by looking at their screen. I remember saying, um, and it even it. has online multiplayer, but still has all four screens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's really hard and not actually all that much fun. I saw a picture online of somebody who had a fix for uh, screen looking for playing Goldeneye. Well, the, like the little shades. They had put like cardboard on their screen. Yeah. <laughs> so that uh, whoever. And they had the person who was on the bottom just laying down, and then the other person sitting up, so that they can only see their half of the screen. Yeah, or their quadrant. <laughs> if you're doing four player, yeah, screen cheating is screen cheating was 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 part of the fun. <laughs> yeah, that depends on depends on the person's perspective. Screen looking, yes. <laughs> it did become part of the game. Though. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at my screen. I totally am. You are entirely correct. What's your point? You can do it too. <laughs> In Goldeneye, my sisters forbade me from getting the golden gun. Yeah. It reloads slow. You just they just have to team up. What your just, brothers just would don't say, have it on the map. I mean, easy solution. And what your brothers would say about we don't want Neil to play, he'll die. My sisters would say the opposite. We don't want him to go first because we'll not we won't get to play. <laughs> <laughs> like in Mario in Mario. We always would have it as if you die next. Yeah, that was yeah. that was how we were next one would get to go. Yeah, if I went first, they didn't get to play. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was the earliest idea of two player gaming was just like, oh, player one died. Now it's player two's turn. <laughs> like Galaga and stuff like that. Luigi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so other general big picture stuff want to compare with PC to console. Um, so I think we touched after, on the major points. After PC, or after consoles stopped using cartridges, mm-hmm. they became more reli- a lot more reliable on their games working nonstop. As long as you took care of them. Yeah. More reliable on the games. Hey, my NES still works, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just basically don't scratch that's, the CDs, that's keep the them in their cases, and you're of good. consoles now, is they actually wear down faster than they used to. An NES or an SNES or even a, or a Sega, mm-hmm. they'll still run today. And like, if, as long as you can get the leads to, to, to match yeah. up. Uh, but a 360, try, trying to get one of those to still run today is harder. I know. Well, fix red rings. To, to be Stick fair. Stick the oven for a little while. <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to, to be fair, your, your, uh, your, your juxtaposition, how do you say? Juxtaposition? It's not really a juxtaposition, though. The, the comparison, uh, I believe, is really the word you want. Well, you're taking you're taking the worst of the worst and the best of the best, and then using that as your basis of a comparison. Because yeah, Xbox, Xbox 360 was notoriously crap. Was just a terrible hardware design for years until they finally made it bearable, like several the, iterations the in. Slim. Yeah, the slim was the And then you have Nintendo, which has always been known for having the most durable, like, quality products, like, just from a physical standpoint. Yeah, like, well, oh, you dropped me. That's okay, I'll still work. Yeah, you could, well, you could, I... Oh, you breathe on me, I quit. <laughs> the original Game Boy, I would, like, drop that from, like, five feet or more up yeah. on, well, onto okay. concrete, so, and it would, it wouldn't skip a beat. So, it's so, second cousin to Nokia. There is, in fact, <laughs> um, there is, in fact, in the game, in the video gaming museum, in a video gaming museum, one of the, one of the... One of the big ones that like people recognize, there is a Game Boy that was taken into the first Gulf War, 
yes. and had a bomb dropped on it <laughs> that still runs uh, <laughs> and in fact is constantly playing the attract mode of Tetris yeah, because it's, it's plugged the in The case now. was like an inch and a half, almost two inches <laughs> thick, but the board is still just a thin board, like normal circuit board. And for yeah. that matter, the original Nintendo DS, and in fact every other, every iteration of it since, they will not allow to go into production until it has been demonstrated to be able to take at least 100 falls from, uh, from I want to say it's like 1.7 meters onto concrete yeah. uh, um, without failing. So like, they drop, they pick it up, drop it, yeah. still working, yes, drop it again, and unless <laughs> it la lasts at least 100 falls, they won't make it. <laughs> Well, it, yeah. Nintendo is are are the kings when it comes to making totally. hardware that does not explode. Yeah, I love the fact that with the uh, Switch they went back to cartridges. Sort of. They went to SD carts. Yeah. Same difference. Yeah, semantics. It's just smaller. But uh, yeah, I mean that's an interesting point. Is that it's both uh, it's it's both a pro and a con where it's like having a. Um, Having a standardized, like, you know, standard or quality or whatever for certain things, like, with a PC, because you don't have to conform to certain stuff, you have all these different options, customization, but at the same time, it's more of a Wild West kind of thing, uh, where you have to make sure things are compatible with other things, and there's, you know, issues of quality with various, you know... Um, hardware manufacturers and stuff, whereas with the consoles, it's just like, you know, okay, here's what, you know, it's like, what you see is what you get, yeah. for the most part, with the, there's a few exceptions, like the 360 being terrible, but it's pretty much just, okay, if you buy the thing, the thing will work, you turn on the thing, you play the mm -hmm. thing, and that's That's, that's the beauty of consoles. Yeah. Yes. It's always... You're pretty much guaranteed if you buy a game, it's going to work. Mm hmm With the exception of a few known outliers, but yes. they're outliers. Yeah. On a PC, you have to hope that you've got the right combination of hardware and drivers, etc. even if you meet the uh, requirements for the <clears> game, <throat> it still might not run right because you don't have the graphics card brand that they particularly programmed it for. So, or because be you have some, like, or or because you have some other like, or because your sound card makes your video card not work right, yeah. quite right, or because the day, or because uh, the gods that created your 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 PC just decided to frown yeah. that day. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'm glad I dodged the bullet to begin with, but uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, oh, I was really looking forward to before it came out. My computer more than met the requirements. Like, I could have run that on ultra settings, and the computer still could have probably ran something else on the side and been oh. fine. Got the game day one, tried to run it, and even on medium settings, the graphics Chug. were just going everywhere. Like, literally, pixels were shooting in a different direction. Well, see, I heard that that game was a shit show on all the all the platforms. Not as bad as, a, as Assassin's Creed Origins, which had so much DRM on it that it made pe that that it made their people's processors overheat. Yes. <laughs> Like it, it killed computers. It, yes, it, it was hard for me because I love the Assassin's Creed series, but I haven't bought a single new Assassin's Creed game since. I mean, I might buy it on my, my, I might buy it on my 
PS4. At this point, yeah. they're pretty formulaic. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm done with it on. Not I'm really done with doing anything. them on uh, PC. Yeah. I might still get Syndicate and what was the other one that came after that? Hmm. You mentioned, by the way, um, something about how there are some games we have have very little time, but there are some games that just work better on PC. Yeah. There are also games that just work better on console. Yeah, I was gonna say I I didn't get around to, it, but I was gonna. We say, never got back to that. Before. In the interest of fairness, <clears throat> certain genres that work better on the console, and the most obvious one I can think of is platformers. Yeah. Platformers are so much better in console, mm-hmm. and of course it all started with the original Mario Brothers and went from there. You yeah. have your your Marios, your Banjo Kazooies, your uh, your what gexes, your your bugsbees, your your crash bandicoots. Gex. Yeah, they're not Gex. all they're not all winners. No, I'm just surprised you picked gex. Yeah, that's a deep cut, isn't it? That is. It's like, it's like bringing up Glover. <laughs> oh, of course, God. I just brought up Glover, yeah, but only go. because you made me think about it by mentioning gex. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You remember Glover? I'm, I, I, I remember, remember Glover. Glover. I remember Gex. Yeah. Glover, where you were a glove and you had to get a ball. It's very short. Uh, game. To another, to a, from place to or, place, typically by walking on it. So the controls were perpetually inverted. The Nintendo game that I believe created the reason for the rating system, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Um, no, uh, no, Mortal Kombat was the re- was the yeah the original. Mortal Kombat was why the yeah. answer became okay. resistance yeah but still Conquer's Bad Conquer's Fur Day, Bad Fur Day uh, <laughs> Conquer's Bad Bad Fur Day created the reason for the adults only rating oh that would be another good genre is fighting games typically are better on console uh, yes fighting, fighting games are typically games. better on on um, on cabinet I'm, I must disagree. Between PC and console, they're better on console, yeah. but best on an arcade. You need a fight stick for a good fight for a good fight. They make ar- they make fight sticks for console. Yeah. PCs have PCs have made some strides because now there are more game more fighting games are being released for it, and there's more like support with different controllers and fight sticks and stuff. But still, at the end of the day, typically you're gonna be playing on an actual big TV, and it's just much better to play on a console, you know. And that's part of the whole local multiplayer appeal. You know? Injustice Two just released. Than Ninja Turtles as playable characters, <laughs> they're so fun to play. I bet. So yeah, they, they each have their respective genres. I haven't played fighting games in a long time. I love the Injustice series. The uh, yeah, there's there's several genres that PC does best, and several that consoles do best, and many that are pretty much on the same footing. Yes, yeah. a lot of it's just personal preference. You yeah. Know? Overall, in a vacuum, I prefer PC over console. Um, but I I yeah. do prefer consoles for certain things, and I'm not going to forego and I, them. And I agree with soon. I agree with that. If you're if you're just saying, if someone were to say, okay, Neil, you can only ever play video games again on either a PC or a console. Right. Which will you pick? It will be a PC. Well, and the thing about that is you get to choose the terms of that with a PC. You get to choose what the parts are and customize and upgrade, whereas with yeah. a console, you're just at the whim of the console gods. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo going to throw at me? And i got to deal with this. Yeah. You know? But the same reason, but at the same point, I bought a PS4 just like this week because I wanted to be able to play console-only games. And it's a good console. It's a great console. It is. So my decision of what console I buy is generally who am I going to play it with. Yeah. So I have more friends with PS4 than I did with Xbox. It's the only reason I got PS4 or yeah, Xbox. So I think the big takeaway here is have fun gaming. And don't be a douche about what's better. Yeah. yeah. Don't and, and don't let uh, and, and don't and also don't don't try to dictate other people's fun. 
And I, I would say, you know, that I, I agree with that general um, ideas. Okay, which which system am I going to get to play with more friends and family on? And yeah. Which system do I think have has the better games on average? Like, yeah. just do it for the games, for the fun. Don't get lost in the EP and measuring like, oh, look, this is better than this because reasons. Like, no. don't compare things and try to quantify it. Just enjoy yourself and do what's best for you. The, the only reason I went out and bought a PS4 as opposed to buying a Switch so I very much considered buying a Switch instead. Yeah. Um, was I was was like, there are more games that I will like on. Um, right. On the PS4. That I will like on the PS4. Yep. I'll buy a P. I'll buy a Switch later. Yeah, the Switch really doesn't have a lot for it right now. It's, it's got, got, got some wild. It's got Odyssey. Yeah. And it's got all of the ports from the Wii U that have come over, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, I, for me. Odyssey and Breath of the Wild is enough. <laughs> it was almost enough for me. The only other thing was like, well, Switch is cheaper. I can afford it again. I can afford an- another console again sooner than if I bought than if I bought a Switch now. I wouldn't be able to afford a PS4 like till next year. <laughs> What's funny is uh, one of the pros and cons we were talking about with PCs is where if uh, you know something goes bad in your PC or if you need to upgrade, you can just do that with yeah with the Switch. It's almost the same way. Um, the we sell each part individually. Yeah, if something <laughs> with the switch goes bad, like the dock or your charge cable or one of the controller pieces, yeah. if any of that goes bad or breaks or you lose it, right. you can just buy one of those parts instead of having to buy the whole console again. Yeah, and it's proportionally priced. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Nintendo is learning their lesson about how they price their stuff. Well, you know... It's After their fiasco with the uh, 3DS. Again, with this, the, the consoles and the PCs kind of bleeding over to where... You know, consoles are becoming more PC-like. You know, you're going to see more and more of that. So, yeah, have fun. Your fun is not wrong, et cetera, et cetera. Unless you're playing sports games. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Depends on the sport. (laughs) I would say pretty much any sport game is fine unless it's, like, soccer or stock car racing or something boring like that. (laughs) Which is weird because FIFA is like one of the biggest games. Well, it's, there's nothing weird about it. F- football is the biggest sport in the world. Therefore, video games of it are the biggest games. It's just numbers. Yep. No indication of quality. I'm sure there are good soccer games out there, but... I, I just don't get it. It just doesn't do it for of, me. For me, it's one of the most boring games to watch. I yeah. can't imagine it being fun to play on exactly. a video game. Football and hockey are generally the most fun to play and watch, in my mm-hmm. humble opinion. Um... Okay. Yeah, that's another good um, episode, by the way. Sports ball stuff. We could do a sports ball episode, yeah. but that will be ne- but that will be some other f- future time. Indeed, uh, I believe our next episode will probably end up being Ben and I continuing the Fallout retrospective, talking about New Vegas, because we can record that um, at VisionCon. Um, After that, will likely be Black Panther. I hope so. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Man, I hope so. I think it's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> And then after that, we'll have to get into the March review season, so... TBD. Yeah. I think uh, I think by the time we get to that point, Jessica Jones season two... Like I said, out. the March review season. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, we need to make enough money that we can just start doing a review show... And then a regular, and a regular podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, we got the weekly review show and the monthly podcast now or something. I don't know. 
<laughs> in any case, uh, that, that will be next time. Uh, keep in mind, once again, fumants is the word to get a dollar off of the... the <laughs> um, the, uh, the you just won the game certificates. They are signed and sealed by the commissioner of the game um, and, and countersigned by a witness. So it's very official. Yeah. Keep dragon poop on the mind. Yep. Um, this has been Neil. Wookie. Mike. And not a one true Ben. Um, and we will talk to you next week on Infantology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by a letter and a number. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by donating at our website, or on Patreon at patreon.com workingtheory. A final thought. We are pre-recording this outro for use in emergencies if Neil cannot record the outro. As such, we are being vague. We hope you will... I don't know, I can't even think of how to say this. That's how unscripted and unplanned this is, and hopefully you'll never hear it again. Bye!